Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that he will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. So as you can tell, we're going to talk about tithing today. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Sorry, I can't leave the jokes at home. I apologize. It's one of my flaws in life. Uh, actually, no, we're going to continue on with the Monsters of the Heart series that Pastor Jeff started last week. If you did not hear his uh, message on pride, you need to go look up that podcast that we have available on the website and other areas. You need to look that up. I, I didn't get to sit in it last week. I was working in middle school last Sunday, but I listened to it on our way to a meeting that we had Tuesday morning, and let's just say I felt a teensy bit convicted, but that's okay, because that's what he's supposed to do. But as you can tell by what uh, the video just showed today, we're going to be discussing anger. Anger. So it's sadly something that we all have to deal with a little bit here and there, some of us more so than others. That would be me specifically, and a young man I know over there somewhere, but I'm not going to point him out. I just, I'm just messing with him. I'm just kidding. That There's all of us, there's something that makes us angry. So if we're, if we're going to throw it back a little bit, has anybody, anybody ever heard that phrase, don't make me angry, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry? Anybody? Anybody know what that's from? Yeah, that's pretty good. It's amazing how you, that little phrase that can take, you know, that mild-mannered David Banner, you know, that like soft, he's just so nice, that guy, like, yay. And it can turn him into Lou Ferrigno. Yeah, I need to get on that diet. Whatever that is, I need to get on that. Okay, so for those of you who have no idea who this is, can I get the younger version? There we go, the ones that the younger people would understand who this is. Yeah, wow, thank you. This is, uh, sadly, this is something that every one of us have to deal with. I, there are just things that can drive us insane. Uh, for me, sadly, it is, uh, forgive me, it is other drivers. Is anybody else? Anybody else? Okay, fantastic. Thank you. Okay, no, not who to follow. Fantastic. Okay. So the other day I'm leaving, I'm trying to leave the office and I'm trying to get home and I'm rushing home because of course I'm running late. You know, obviously I'm running late. Who, who doesn't run late? So I'm, I'm running home because I'm like, I got to get James. We got to go to practice and we got to get him there because what else are we going to do today? But we got to get this kid to practice. So I'm just like, all right, I'm, we got this. I'm, I'm leaving in just enough time to get there as long as there's no state troopers. Nolan, I love you wherever you are. Okay, so I'm pulling up to the stop stoplight here by Walgreens and I'm, I get in the right lane and there's a person who is properly, legally stopped in front of me at the red light. And I'm like, okay, whatever, this is fine. I'm playing with the radio, and then I look up and I realize it's a green light. We're still sitting there. <laughs> We're now letting the people turn left to go. Okay, yeah, oh, I felt it right over there, somebody. Mm. <laughs> okay, we are, we are in the right lane. We are turning right. We have a green light, okay? It's been a really long time since I took driver's ed, but I'm pretty sure we have the right of way. It's, it's called the right of way. So we're letting people who are turning left go ahead of us. And I am now having a completely one-sided conversation with the person in front of me questioning where they got their license, how they got their license, exactly. I mean, I, what shade of green are you waiting for? I don't understand what it is you're trying to do. And just slowly, I feel myself turning into this, like if I had a chair, I don't know. I don't know what would happen. Okay, I'm just telling you honestly, that's how I felt at that moment. And I felt the Lord convict me. You ever have those moments? Those are fun. Like, really? This is the thing you're getting upset about, John? 
this is the thing you're getting upset about. You're being held up two minutes. It was two cars, but it felt like a whole line. Is it, is it just me? It was just two cars we let go, and then they went, and I'm, I'm like, all right, all right, God, you got me. You got me. I, that, was, that was a little overboard. I had, to, I had to repent because in that moment, it was not a very Christ-like attitude for just a minor inconvenience, a minor inconvenience. I, was held, I, I guarantee you I made up that time. Lord, forgive me. But it was a minor inconvenience, and I was about to lose my mind because we weren't doing it the way I wanted it to happen. You ever have that? It didn't go the way I wanted it to happen, so therefore I got a little bit angry. A little bit angry. So I was, I was very frustrated by that, but I felt very convicted, and I, I was thinking about this as Pastor Jeff asked me to either speak on this or another subject, and I was like, well, I got anger. I got this. We got this down pat. All right. I got this Irish finally coming out for the right reason. Okay, so thinking about this, when we're thinking about anger, it's been around since like the beginning. All the way back to Genesis 4, we've got Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel are bringing sacrifices to the Lord, and they're, they're bringing it out there, and Cain gets upset because the Lord does not respond to his sacrifice the same way that he responded to Abel's. And so he was frustrated and upset. And as we have the scripture here, as he gets angry, he says in verse 6, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will, not, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. So we've literally got four people on earth. Four recorded people on earth. That's all we've got. And, and there's anger already. How many people does it take to get angry? One, I can get angry at myself by myself. That's, I actually need to probably talk to Robin. So four people on earth. Cain is angry and he's frustrated. And God calls him out on it and says, why are you angry? You need to be careful of this anger. Why are you letting this run you? Because if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. And how correct that was because that, that anger, that frustration, because it did not go exactly the same way that Cain wanted it to go, that he was upset that somebody else got a blessing that he should have got, he became so angry we have the first murder. It's kind of extreme, right? I mean, Pastor John, I'm not going to murder anybody. Prayerfully not. Prayerfully not. Prayerfully that never happens. We never get that angry. We never get to that point. But isn't it funny how anger can make us look stupid at points? Maybe that's just me. Ask my wife. Anger can make us look foolish at points. Ecclesiastes 7.9 says, Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, for anger resides in the, laps of the lap of fools. So anger can make us look foolish. You guys ever been in like just a passionate setting where you've... Just, oh, you've said it. You said something that you wish you had not said. You expressed to them something that you really should not have actually let slip out of your mouth. If you have never said that, you have never had a relationship with the opposite sex. <laughs> just, I'm just going to point that out. Just going just to point that out. You, you've dodged a bullet so far, but just be prepared. Anger makes us look foolish at points absolutely makes us look foolish. It robs us of our joy. Instead of uh, Cain earlier being happy about the fact that he did make a sacrifice to the Lord and the Lord saw it and he should be thankful that the Lord even saw it. But no, he was upset because it didn't go the way he wanted. So his, his joy was robbed. Then he looked foolish and then he got into sin. You know, anger actually affects us physically as well. 
It can actually affect us physically as well. Doctors have shown that long, let me see if I can read this correctly, long-term physical effects of uncontrolled anger include increased anxiety, high blood pressure, and headache. Those are just minor things, right? Increased anxiety. So now my anger has actually got me worried about my anger, and so i got a cycle going here. High blood pressure, so now I'm so angry I could have a stroke. And what's going to make anyone happier than a headache? Anybody have a really good mood and get that nice sinus headache? I love the changing of the seasons. My wife can always tell when my sinuses are acting up because I'm just so chipper. So this, this monster that we're referencing of, of anger, it can make us look foolish, robs us of our joy, but now it's actually attacking our physical body. And it doesn't even just stop there, as it, sadly. Jesus warns about it in Matthew 5, He says, But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother or sister is subject to the judgment. So if you're angry with somebody else, you, you put yourself at risk here. Now, if we want to prove this, let's look at Moses. Let's go through this story of Moses as he's dealing with people because that's so much fun. Moses loved that. This is in Numbers 20. This is picking up in verse 1. It says, In the first month, the whole Israelite community arrived at the desert of Zin, and they stayed at Kadesh. There Miriam died and was buried. Now there was no water for the community, and the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron, and they quarreled with Moses and said, If we had only died when our brothers fell before the Lord, fell dead before the Lord, why did you... Why did you bring the Lord's community into this wilderness that we are, we and our livestock should die here? Why did you? Why did you bring us up out of the Egypt to this terrible place? It has no grain or figs, grapevines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. I read that, and every time I read that, all I could hear is, why did you? Why did you? So he's, Moses has done what the Lord has told him to do. He's gone in and led the people out of captivity. They're supposed to be on their way to the promised land, but you know people. Anytime you get more than one person, you got more than one person giving directions. You're never going to get there on time. So now they're just wandering this desert. Should have been there just a few days, but now they're wandering this desert. Now they're at a place where there is no water. And of course, when something is lacking, the complaints start. Yes or no? Okay, you guys have all done teenager ministry. Fantastic. Okay. That's all I read when I read that is why did you? Why did you? Lead us out here. I mean, I was, I was good back there. I might have been a slave back there, but I was good. Because at least I understood the parameters of why I was getting beaten or getting messed up. Why did you lead us out here just to die? There's no water, Moses. This is not where you stop. There's no water. You ever had anybody second guess you? Oh, oh that just uplifts that spirit, doesn't it? Oh, those are not my finest moments. Ask my leaders. Moses, on the other hand, was smart. He removed himself from the situation. Picking up in verse 6, it says, Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance of the tent meeting and fell face down. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord said to Moses, take, your, take the staff, and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so they, can, they and their livestock can drink. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence, just as he commanded. So Moses is a smart guy. Moses is a smart guy. The Lord's really working with him and helping him. So what is he smartly does the thing. He's being irritated. He's being frustrated. He's being having just second guess and accusations, everything thrown at him. So he smartly 
removes himself from the situation. He even ups the ante and makes it even better. He goes and lays before the Lord. He truly gets down on his face before the Lord and to the point where he can hear from God. He's doing a fantastic job on how to resolve this situation. He is getting away, getting before the Lord. The problem comes when he tries to apply what the Lord has given him. Now, see, he gathers everybody together and he begins to speak to them only the way you would do if you were doing FCA at North Duplin. I'm just going to go ahead and lay that out for you. If you guys don't know the scripture yet, here, verse 10, it says, He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock, and Moses said to them, Listen, you rebels. Okay, some of, the, some of the crowd got that. Fantastic, thank you. I'll be here all week, literally. Listen, you rebels, we must bring you water. Must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out, and the community of the livestock drank. Imagine that setting. Imagine that. Oh, you want some water? I got some water for you. Okay, just imagine that. He has a stick. He hasn't hit anybody yet, thank God. Okay, but he has the stick. And instead of doing exactly what God has told him to do in this moment, which was to speak. It was to speak to the rock. Moses, if you will just go and speak to the rock. Just as I am speaking to you, Moses, go and speak to the rock. And because of that, water will come out and everybody will get what they need. But no, Moses allowed his anger to get involved. Can, you, can those people just be thankful that water hoses or fire hoses did not exist at that time? Because I'm just imagining that. Like, uh, sorry, I'm having that scene from Scarface where he's just spraying everybody. Forgive me, Lord, I need Jesus. He takes up his staff and he hits it. Now, see, in this moment, this is not about them getting what they want. This is Moses getting out what he wants. This is Moses letting out what is bothering him about them. So instead of doing exactly what God has told him to do, he is now letting out all of his aggression, and he is taking up his staff, and he is hitting the blessing. He is hitting the thing that he was supposed to speak life into. He is now hitting it with his anger. Not only is it hit, it hits it twice. Now water comes forth. Okay, so water comes forth, though the people are happy. So if the people are happy, they're probably quiet. So no harm, no foul. Moses is thinking, great day. Fantastic job done. The problem is no harm, no foul doesn't apply to Moses in this situation. In verse 12, it says, But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust in me to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. You didn't give me honor in this moment, Moses, when you were supposed to. You allowed your anger to overrule everything that I've been pouring into you. You allowed your anger to have victory in this moment. No harm, no foul, absolutely not. Moses, you will not get your blessing. So Moses is now, I mean, imagine that situation. He's so angry. He thought he was angry before. Imagine that, being just berated by these people that are frustrating him to the point where he's so angry that he loses his temper. And now his ultimate, I mean, his blessing is just gone. He's, his blessing is just gone because this took over. I can, I can think back in my own life, and I've told this story to my teenagers before. I can think back of situations where I've allowed my anger and my emotions to get a hold of me. It was a pretty... Uh, even more upsetting moment when I realized that this moment that I'm referencing was almost 20 years ago. Ouch. Okay. My 
teenagers call me old, but it really sunk in when I thought about this. When I was about 16, I was at a youth conference at our church, and I remember just being pumped up because we'd helped set this thing up, and we got to meet the guy who was doing it. We just got so excited. My, my cousin and I were like brothers, and we got so pumped up and ready for this. And then somebody showed up that night, and I lost it. I didn't want that person to be there because that person was there, and I had some issues with that person. I was no longer thinking of the Lord. All I was thinking of was that person. I was completely distracted and missed out completely because they, you guys ever seen a Holy Ghost car wash? Y'all ever seen that? Y'all, y'all need to go to Falcon. Okay. So basically they, had, they set up a tunnel. So there's people on both sides. And the whole thing that what the minister was saying is go through there and everybody's going to pray for you as you go through. Every single one of my friends that went through that got filled with the Holy Spirit that night. Every single one of my friends that got up and went through that got the Holy Spirit that night. Guess who had never had the Holy Spirit and wanted it so bad, but I was so angry, I refused to move. So angry, I'm like, nah, man, you, you, you let them come here tonight. You, let, you knew that was going to happen, and you let them come here tonight. I ain't going through that car wash. I'm not going through there, and because of that, I missed out. At ate at me and ate at me. I missed out because I allowed my emotions and my anger to get in my way. God presented every single thing right there in front. All I had to do was get off my rear end and go, and my life would have been changed. But I allowed my emotions to get into the way and get in between us. I allowed my anger over something silly. In retrospect, in that moment, it was that was my entire world. With that moment. That was my entire world. I didn't care about nothing else about what I was angry about. In retrospect, that was so stupid. So stupid. That person, I couldn't even tell you where they are today. But in that moment, it mattered to me more than the Holy Spirit. You want to hear the sad truth? It took another 10 years for that to happen for me again. 10 years it took for me to finally get the Holy Spirit correctly in my life. Because I allowed anger to get in way once. That's pretty sad, right? Please don't take my credentials. It took me a little while. I'm a late bloomer. Missed out on that because of my stupidity, how it, how it took over. So anger, we, let's go through this. So anger can make us look foolish. It can rob us of our joy. can physically affect us. And now it can rob our blessing. But it doesn't stop there. Hey, parents, I hope you guys are paying attention right now. Parents, psychologists have actually proven that anger does not just affect you. This is so sad for me to read as a parent of three boys. Pray for my children. Family ties are one of the strongest contributors to individual character development. This is nature versus nurture here. So what you show your kids, they will do. You want to let anger run your life? So will they. You want to lose your cool over something stupid? So will they. In retrospect, I, I thought years ago, I thought about how I was watching a uh, Carolina game, basketball game, because that's the only kind of basketball game there is. I was watching the Hey, all right. <laughs> pray for him, Lord. Pray for him. So I'm watching the game. I'm folding clothes. JJ is, man, he's probably four or five. And uh, a call happened that I did not agree with. 
and I was loudly professing how I did not agree with this. And then JJ came right behind me into the room and then began to repeat what I was loudly professing. And I was like, no, 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 no. Because I was like, your mom's coming home soon. I'm going to die. Okay. <laughs> okay. You can't say those. You can't say those. So imagine that, though, what you show your kids. If you demonstrate that anger, if you lose your cool over something just silly, asinine, something that's just unimportant, so will they. You want, you want to talk about, I, yesterday I got so frustrated at a football game, a pee-wee football game, I caught myself yelling at a man that I don't even know, questioning his eyesight. I don't even know him. Okay, I'm just saying. I was questioning, like, who trained him? Who, what are we talking about? Okay, I, I was questioning a whole lot of things, and I thought about it afterwards. I'm like, you're a pastor. <laughs> These people know that. <laughs> Something so silly. The team won 40 to nothing, but I was worried about that one play. <laughs> like, you have, I was, I was sad. I had to, like, I had to shut up for the rest of the game. I'm not even kidding. I was so... There was a whole other reason. I was so frustrated at the end of the game. I was smartly removed myself, and I walked quietly to the car. I didn't say nothing until we got to Walmart. I ain't even lying. I was, oh, Jesus. So anger can make you look foolish, robs you of your joy, affects your body, steals your blessing, and now it's coming for your kids. Are we comfortable with this monster yet? Because sometimes we, the way we act, we're okay with this monster. Just like Jeff talked about last week with pride, that we're so prideful that we don't want to admit that we're prideful. Sometimes we, we, we write it off. The, you know, the, the running joke is, you know, sometimes uh, Betty and Ray will joke with me when I get really frustrated. Betty will say, mm, that's that Irish coming out. I'm not even sure if I'm Irish. I, I joke with that. I, I asked every one of my family members on my dad's side where we're from. They listed a different country. I turned in a report at school, and they asked what country you're from, and I put European mutt, and I got a bad grade. <laughs> I was being honest. I didn't know. I'm thinking we're Dutch. I love sweets. It's just saying. I realized all this, and I'm, I'm frustrated with all this, and the anger is so strong in my life that I have to fight against this. I have to make sure that I'm not letting it out, because if I'm letting it out, I'm definitely not letting Jesus out. If I'm letting everybody know the little things that irritate me, why would they listen to anything I have to say when I'm trying to relate scripture? If all I'm ever doing is blessing them out, they'll never receive the blessing. So we have to work on this. We have to work through, but physical means our just own goodwill, the power of positive speaking is not going to help us take care of this situation. Because, well, it might for you, it don't for me. I got it much worse. So, you know, I love, I love Colossians 3.8 where it says right here, but now you must also rid yourselves of such things as anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Just don't say it. I love this. Just don't say it. Just don't let it out of your mouth. That's what it says, Colossians 3.8. Don't let anger out of your mouth. But you don't understand what they just said to me. Okay, you, you guys ever been in that situation where like you know you're not supposed to say it, but your emotions get involved? Remember again, opposite sex, dealing with, op- okay, no, my wife's amazing, it's not her. Truth. <laughs> it's easy to say don't say it, 
But then your emotions get involved, and then you truly become that little clip, that video clip that we saw where he's hitting all the buttons. He's going full speed. You go from, anybody go from zero to 100? Because I, well, put your hands down. You actually literally do it. The fact is, you cannot overcome this monster of anger by yourself, just by your own abilities. You can't. You just, you cannot do it. Galatians 5, 17 and 18 says this. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. Yes, they are. So that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Let's just go ahead and get, put this out there. If you want to overcome emotion in your life, if you're, if you're not an emotional person, fantastic. Teach me how you are not. I am a completely emotional creature. I need help when it comes to this. Because when I let my emotions get in the way, it's over. Nothing smart is coming out. The only way to truly overcome this monster, to truly separate yourself from what it is trying to accomplish, is to invite the Holy Spirit in. This says right here, but if you were led by the Spirit. How often are we led by the Spirit? We may encounter the Spirit periodically. But how often are we led by that spirit? See, through the spirit, we're able to overcome anything. Acts 1.8 says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now that, that power, and that it's not just so you can relay scripture. It's actually power to separate you from sin. This is power that you can walk away from the things that were holding you back from the Lord. That, this power is absolutely incredible, but, and so often we don't tap into it because we think that I can just get through today by my own abilities. Does that ever work out well for you guys? Because it does not for me. We can receive the power, the Holy Spirit power, to get us through all of this. Pastor Kevin, would you come play? The Holy Spirit power to get you through this. Let me, let's just go ahead and review this. So, Anger is trying to rob your joy, make you look foolish, steal your blessings, affect you physically, and take your kids. Are we really going to leave that up to chance? Are we going to leave all of that stuff up to just hope and happenstance that today I can keep my lips shut and not say exactly what I'm thinking? Are we going to leave that in the hands of someone else dealing with us. I mean, think about that. We're, we're, we're rolling the dice as to whether or not we're going to be able to overcome everything today in the proper Christian-like atmosphere. Remember I said in the very beginning, I was at a stoplight with a minor inconvenience. And I was going to lose my mind. Because I was held up for two minutes. Think about the little things that we allow to pile up and how those little things, you miss an elevator, you miss a turn, your GPS is acting funny. Just little things that happen in your life and we allow the little things to build up to the point where we allow that monster of anger to run our lives. And then we rationalize it off and think that, you know, we can just, you know, we can just say enough woo-saws that we're going to be okay. You can't. You can't overcome this all by yourself. You, you just literally cannot. If, if we did not need the power of the Holy Spirit, why did he send him? 
I mean, let's just be honest. If we didn't need the Holy Spirit, why would he bother to express the need that we need the comforter in our lives at all times? Why do we need that to express to others about Jesus? Because if we're, we're just trying to do it on our own power, we're going to get lost in our emotion. And we're going to express to them exactly why they need Jesus because we know what they're doing. But so do they know what we're doing. That's that whole scripture of why are you going to talk about a splinter in your brother when you've got a log in your own eye. We need the Holy Spirit in order to overcome this, in order to make sure that we can get to where we need to get to help those who need it. You guys stand with me. Let's just go ahead and start off with the first person who needs help today, and that's us. That is us. So the question to you this morning, is the Spirit in control for you? Or is that monster of anger in control for you? I, I, as you can tell by the jokes and stories I've made today, that there are points and times where I have to invite the Spirit in for myself because if not, minor inconveniences lead us down the wrong path. I was uh, thinking about this and the Lord was talking to me about this and it was a moment of realization of not only do I need to uh, invite the Spirit in, but there are actually points where I might need to ask someone for forgiveness the way I've acted. There might even be points where I need to forgive someone else because they've made me angry. I'm probably the only person in this room that holds a grudge, so. Think about that for a second. Is, does, have you asked the Holy Spirit about those questions? Who do I need to apologize to and who do I need to forgive? Do those things hold you back? Because I know it's done it to me before. My anger, I told you, my anger robbed me of the Holy Spirit, robbed me of being filled with the Spirit because I allowed it to run my life for a night. It took 10 years to recover from. Don't miss out on an opportunity to ever get closer to the Holy Spirit, to allow Him to be more involved in your life. Don't ever, don't ever just assume that you're okay. Make sure you're okay. So we're going to pray. We're going to pray. And here's the question I have for you guys. Are you tired of being robbed of your joy? Made to look foolish. Robbed of your blessings. Your physical body affected. And now even those of you who have kids, your kids are at risk of going down that same path. If you're tired of any of that, this is the moment to change it. It is not something to put off or hope. This is the moment to change it. So we're going to pray. I'm going to pray just a second. And if you have something specific you want prayer for, if you want the Holy Spirit, as we've discussed, the altar is open. There are many people in this room that would be glad to pray for you. I would love to pray for you. I'd love for you to pray for me. So let's bow our heads. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this situation, this time. Father, you know what we're dealing with, God. You know the things that make us angry, God. You are well aware. Father, you know the things that try to derail us, the things that try, even the minor inconveniences that try to take us back and away from you. God, let us, let us not be ruled by this monster of anger, this thing that tries to derail us. Let us not be ruled by that, God. 
Holy Spirit, we invite you in. That you would lead and that you would guide. That you would help us to get through these situations. Our every single day situations. God, even how the mundane can drive us insane at points. God, we know that we need you more in those moments than ever. Father, I pray that you would speak life into this congregation, that you would minister to them. If there's something on their hearts, any anger that they're holding towards someone, I pray, God, that we would be convicted and that we would go to that person to ask for forgiveness. God, if we need to forgive someone, we need to do that too. God, have your way in our, in our church. Have your way in this body. God, I pray that you would minister to them. God, as we leave here, help us to walk out and not be so easily frustrated, not be so easily angered. But God, that you would remind us, convict us, set us straight. God, that we would be your living body out there, breathing life into others, not breathing hate. God, thank you for this day and for your blessing. We pray it in the name.